the front end of the yield curve is on a tear again. And while the back end is sort of on a pause here, it's pushing the entire curve toward uninverting. Now they call this the bull case, but there's not a whole lot that's really bullish about it. And you might remember just a couple months ago, the yield curve was very close to uninverting then, but this time it's going in the exact opposite direction, which is a crucial key signal. So what happens when the yield curve uninverts? And more importantly, what happens when it uninverts in this direction? Now we knew it was gonna uninvert at some point because the yield curve will not remain inverted forever. And there was only one of two ways it could go. And that was the, what they call the bear steepening case, which seemed to be developing in the summertime into early fall. And that's where short-term rates are rather steady to where they are. Maybe they move up a little bit, but long-term rates start to go up really fast. So in an invertive curve, you have short-term rates that are here and long-term rates that are here. The bear steepening cases where long-term rates go above short-term rates and the curve steepens out again to where it should be normal. And that's the good case. While it's bearish for anyone holding bonds, it's actually bullish for the world because that means in the case of 2023, heading into 2024, that would have meant soft landing. That would be the curve saying we expect interest rates to stick around where they are and everything seems to be hunky-dory because unlike what they tell you in the mainstream, higher rates are a good thing, especially longer-term bond rates, which would mean better growth and inflation expectations, more on growth than inflation. But when a curve inverts, what mostly happens is the bull steepening, which is not bullish for anyone. And the bull steepening is where we have, we've got the inverted curve. So we've got short-term rates that are up here and long-term rates that are down here. So the curve is inverted. And instead of uninverting this way, which was the bear steepening, but bullish for the world, instead we uninvert the other way where short-term rates start to come down faster than long-term rates do. And so the curve kind of shifts this direction, but it all goes down and steepens out to the point where it's upward sloping again, but it's upward sloping at a much lower level. And again, lower rates are not a good sign. They are a incredibly bad sign, especially considering, as we've seen throughout history, conclusively, low rates that go lower, especially since they haven't really gotten that far to begin with, not in any historical context, low rates here are a bad sign. And so the bull steepening case which is bullish for safety and liquidity, tells you everything you know about the conditions around the rest of the world. If safety and liquidity are going to be in high demand, both long run and short run instruments, safety and liquidity are being prioritized because safety and liquidity are the big issues here. So bull steepening, usually we find out, we usually see that around when we get into the recessionary periods. And we'll go through some historical examples in just a moment. Now, as I mentioned, the yield curve was very close to uninverting in October, but in the opposite direction. It looked a lot like the bear steepening case, the good case, the soft landing case. But as I said at the time, it was fool's gold because it was happening during September and there were a number of warning signs that suggested this was not a legitimate bear steepening case. It was nothing more than the September effect that was only impacting the long end of the yield curve which was clue number one. The two-year treasury, the key critical two-year treasury, which is 
which is important in all of these cases, as we'll see in just a moment, the two-year Treasury was not going up. It was sticking around a rate of about 5%, which was below where the federal funds rate was at that time, which was, a, again, an important warning sign. This was, not, this was not the bare steepening. This was not the soft landing. It was nothing more than the quirks of September. If the bear steepening had continued the last part of October, November into December, then we would have said, okay, this is a real thing. But because it came up in September, because the two-year wasn't participating in it, that was telling us that it was nothing more than the September effect. It wasn't a legitimate bear steepening. And there were other warning signs along the way too, which of course we've described here. Swap spreads are a key one, suggesting that the world is not moving in a soft landing direction, that there's more and more deflationary, bad economy potential being priced in the swaps market, which once we got past the September effect would mean rally in bonds, which is exactly what happened. So while the October uninversion case, that bear steepening was, again, fool's gold, how do we know that the uninversion or the potential uninversion in January 2024, is that the legitimate one or is this another false signal? Well, there are a number of warning signs and pieces of corroboration that we can look at, including all of the same ones that we were just talking about for October. Because while swap spreads were warning in October, September and October that things were moving in the wrong direction, they're even more emphatic about that in January 2024. The two-year treasury, the two-year treasury, which was arguing against the bear steepening case in October, is arguing very much for the bull steepening case in January 24. In fact, the bull steepening case is all about that critical two-year treasury at the moment. And there are a number of others, including monetary signals, macro signals. We talk about more and more of the economy looks like it's heading toward recession. Like I said, repo fails, collateral indications, those actually spiked again the first week in January. So that's three weeks in a row with heavy repo fails, which is not a good sign. And it's one that's consistent with a bull steepening case. So the evidence for the bear steepening in October was incredibly thin. It was more about September than anything else, where the evidence for the bull steepening case that seems to be unfolding right now, and it's not just the two-year, there's other rates as well, that has more corroboration and evidence behind it. And more and more in the macro economy too, as we move forward. I just mentioned collateral, and we at Eurodollar University have just put out a report on how to spot a collateral shortage, what it means and what it was back in September and October 2022. There is a link in the description of the video if you want to get your hands on this report. Collateral shortages, what they mean and what they are. And that's what, you know, repo fails is one thing, swap spreads is another thing, but we also have to keep in mind this uninversion, this bull steepening that seems to be unfolding in January is not just a U.S. Treasury or U.S. thing. We see the same thing to an extent in Germany and Japan, which is a weird case, but Japan has, the Japanese curve is behaving in, in similar fashion in its own Japanese way. But this is not just an American or treasury thing. This is a global thing, which again, we're talking about a globally synchronized economy and the Euro dollar system, which is the global reserve currency. But the key right now, that's the two year US treasury. We're going to focus on the two-year treasury, but it's not just two-year treasury. Again, it's not just treasuries. It's not just the two-year. We also see a big move in the 52-week bill, the six-month bill. It's really the 
middle part of the front end of the curve from the three-month bill, although the three-month bill is starting to move too, but really from the three-month bill out to about the three- or four-year treasury, that's where we're seeing a whole lot of interest here. That's where the action actually is taking place. And that's the part we really want to focus on for the bull steepener case. So the two-year rally actually began a little bit later than the, the bond rally itself, the main rally at the long end. The two-year was still around 5.04% as late as November 10th. So the 10-year and the back-end rally was already almost a month old by then. And then finally, the two-year starts to participate. It goes from 5.04 all the way down to 456 by December 1st when Jay Powell rudely interrupts and intrudes here. Jay Powell had that speech where he said, you know, it's premature to talk about rate cuts. Well, that had an impact on the two-year. And then, of course, December 13th was the FOMC meeting when Jay Powell said, yeah, we're talking about rate cuts. Complete U-turn there. And then the front end of the curve was like, okay, that stuff that was making us rally, the worries and concerns that we thought we saw, well, it looks like the Federal Reserve might see them too. So front end yields started to go down. But it, the rally bottomed out for the long end and for the two-year too on December 27th, where the two-year got down as low as 420. So that was a huge move, almost more than 80 basis points from November 10th. And then from there, we get the backup in long-term rates, which is expected. That's the normal historical pattern where the long end of the yield curve after making a huge move will kind of settle down and pause, maybe even go back up, retrace for maybe several months at a time. While the, the short end of the curve, the two-year end of the curve, that did the same thing up until January 5th. So the two-year went from 4.2 on December 27th to 4.4 on January 5th, but then it kind of turned around and went back again, which was contrary to this pattern, this expectation for the yield curve to sort of pause here after such a big move. And as of today, the two-year is all the way down at 414, even though the 10-year right now is about 394. So the yield curve inversion has shrunk down to about 20 basis points. It's still inverted. The two-year is still above the 10-year, but that's the narrowest it had been since October. And the narrowest it had been in this direction, the bull steepening direction, this entire cycle. So we're getting closer and closer to the bull steepening case, not quite there yet. And the rally over the last couple of days, which has sparked a bunch of other indications, including SOFR, which SOFR futures, essentially it's, you know, it seemed to be about yesterday, we had rates going down and then the CPI report came out. It seemed everybody said it was hot. Maybe it was mixed. And that scrambled the bond market for, for a few hours there. And then the 30-year bond auction was announced, which was incredible. It's the complete opposite of what everyone was describing on November 9th. And that seemed to trigger more buying, especially at the short end. The front end of the two-year treasury got into the 430s again, 420s. And then today... The PPI report came out, which was solidly disinflationary, unambiguously disinflationary, then more down, downward direction in interest rates. It's not really about the CPI or the PPI or the third-year bond auction. Those are just the, the short-run excuses for rates to continue to move lower. Now, the disinflation is certainly part of what's going on in the marketplace and what's being priced, but it's really more about what's always behind the bull steepening case. So let's go back and examine the, the previous examples when we had curve inversions between the two-year and 10-year, and then it uninverted. What happened after it uninverted? Well, the last time this happened, we don't really know because that was August of 2019. 
The yield curve inverted just very briefly, then it uninverted, and then we had the pandemic. And by the way, that's a pattern that we often see. In the initial stage heading toward the downturn and eventual recession, the yield curve will invert for a couple days and then uninvert and then go sideways for a couple months and then invert again. And then the inversion sticks the second time. We saw that in 2022. The yield curve, the two-year, 10-year spread, very briefly inverted in March of 2022. Then it uninverted, went sideways for a couple months, then inverted again and the inversion the second time stuck. The same thing happened in 2006. You got a brief inversion in February 2006, the curve uninverts, and then the inversion sticks the second time. So in August of 2019, we got the initial inversion, but then the uninversion, and we don't know how it would have gone after that because COVID and the pandemic. But it seems very likely, given what was going on at the time, we would have had that that same pattern. We're not looking at that kind of uninversion. That's the initial inversion, uninversion pattern. We're looking instead at the later bull steepener, bear steepener, well, the bear steepener doesn't happen, but essentially the bull steepener case where the curve inverts and stays inverted for quite a long period of time and then starts to uninvert, what happens then? Well, in 2007, we got the same sort of back and forth where the curve initially uninverted in the bull steepener case in March of 2007. Bernanke said subprime was contained. The market was, okay, maybe it is. We don't see any immediate danger just yet. And so the uninversion went back and forth over the next couple of months. But then late June 2007, that's when the bull steepener case really showed up. And it looks a lot like what we're seeing right now where the two-year treasury starts to go down really fast, faster than the 10-year, that was the real deal. And of course, a couple months later, August 9, 2007, kicked off the global financial crisis, global not financial crisis, global monetary crisis, and then the Great Recession thereafter. In the cycle before then, in 2000 and 2001, you had the same inversion earlier in 2000, and then the curve uninverts in almost right away from New Year's Day, January 2001, but that was because Alan Greenspan, 50 basis point rate cut, seeing the, the dot-com recession coming. It's almost as if the Fed and the bond market were synchronized at that particular moment, but it's still two months before the dot-com recession began, we get the bull steepener case in the yield curve and recession inevitably follows. Go back to the early 1980s, which is really late great inflation period, the uninversion bull steepener case in the yield curve, they come while the recession is actually raging. And it's really because of the quirks of an inflationary period like that. But just to give you an example, in March 1980, already a couple months into the 1980 recession, the two-year was still near 15% because, as I keep pointing out, rates go up during inflationary periods, not down. They go down when the inflation looks like it's going to go down like they're like temporarily in the 1980 recession. So the two-year rate was 15% in March 1980. The 10-year was 12.75 thereabouts. So massively inverted as the recession happens. And of course, as the recession gets worse, then the two-year suddenly plummets. It went all the way to 9.5% by May 1980. Can you imagine that kind of rally? You're talking about a 5.5% move in two months. That's back in 1980. And of course, the 10-year was stuck around 10.2%. So the 10-year goes down a little bit, but the, the front end goes down a whole bunch more. And 1980 was a complete and utter disaster. Just ask Jimmy Carter. 
Now, the, the weird case is the 1989-1990 case where you have inversion in the two tens all the way back in January 89. It briefly uninverts in July 1989. Then it reinverts in August and September. And, it, and it's then it uninverts in October but stays close to zero. Then it reinverts in March of 1990, just and then only to uninvert in the bull steepening case, the final bull steepening case just before the SNL recession of 1990. So in that case, the market couldn't really make up its mind. Is the SNL crisis going to make a big deal? What's this stuff with this interest rate targeting with Greenspan? Too many unknowns. But eventually we got to the bull steepening case in 1990, which was consistent with recession. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. As I said, the bull steepening case does not correspond with a whole lot of good outcomes. In fact, it doesn't really correspond with any good outcomes. And the reason is because safety and liquidity. When safety and liquidity becomes in high demand in the front end of the yield curve, in instruments that are going to expire in a very short period of time, that tells you about the conditions the market is perceiving in the short run. So if we have a huge increase in demand for short-term safety and liquidity, that's a negative sign, except if you own safety and liquidity. It's bullish for bonds, bearish for the rest of the world. So we see a big move here in the two year, even though the back end of the curve is in its retracing pause period, although that's starting to move lower too. So we have to wonder about that. But essentially we are getting these the preliminary signals for the bull steepening case. And unlike in October, where it seemed like the uninversion was the bear steepening, we have tons of corroboration this time around, the bull steepening, if it continues, it's not quite there yet. We don't want to get too excited and too ahead of ourselves. But if the bull steepening case continues, then we're in the near run. Okay, what's really happening in the economy, in the monetary system? And that's where we look around some of these other indications and say, yeah, this does make a whole lot of sense. We got repo fails, swap spreads, a whole bunch of other macroeconomic data, including labor data in the United States, around the rest of the world that doesn't look good, China, lots of stuff happening there. There's no shortage of suspects that would drive the yield curve toward a bull steepening. As I said, we're almost there, but not quite. And if it continues to move in this direction, that will be a crucial, critical signal about where things actually stand. It would have been nice if we got the uninversion, the bear steepening case in October, but that was just fool's gold. You could already tell the bear steepening case was falling apart in that horrific 30-year bond auction in early November. You want to go back and revisit that, and I highly recommend you do. That's the video I've got linked below. As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, your University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.